Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, my gorgeous, lovely friends. It is a beautiful day outside. So that's why I'm hiding like a hobbit in my office making a podcast because I'm a bird of the sun. Did you like that song? It was specifically just for you guys. How are you? I am great. I am here in Canada where today Ontario has decided to be warm. Yes, we did have snow only like 10 days ago, but now, now it's full on summer, which means black umbrellas and black dresses and hiding from that sun. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, my friends, how are you? Do you want to make me happy? Do you know how to make me happy? You can do that by subscribing to us on whatever platform you listen to us on, YouTube, iTunes, whatever, so then you automatically get it. One of the second best thing that you can do, you can share us with your friends and rate us, duh. If you rate us, give us a review, share us with your friends, that's how we're going to get out there. Don't be selfish. Don't keep me all for yourself. I know you want to. I would too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't I love myself? I think that's important. Anyways, welcome back to The Haunted Estate. Here with me, Selena Myers. Tonight, we are going to talk about some awesome stuff. True, true. You know what? I'm going to freeball this. I have no idea what we're doing. So I'm just going to say, your stories, my stories, cool articles, and so much more coming at you tonight on The Haunted Estate. Doesn't that sound cool? God, you have to be sick of my voice. I am sick of my voice. My dog says hi. Anyways, let's get into this. Call and tell us your story at one 260 or email us your story at selena at thehauntedestate.com. It's that easy. Also, one more little tiny thing to mention. There is a little tiny donate button on thehauntedestate.com or theparanormalpodcast.com. If you really love us, you want to throw some money into making this podcast a better place because, yes, believe it or not, I do pay for everything myself. And uh, it, it's, it's so far from free. Oh, it's far from free. This lady doesn't work right now. So I just want to put it out there, make it a group effort. But, uh, yeah... 
Let's get into this now. Okay, and as we all know, I am obsessed with this website, theoccultmuseum.com. I find the coolest articles for the podcast on there. You will find all the links to everything that I read at theparanormalpodcast.com. I really recommend taking a cruise of the website yourself. I'm sure if they found out I was reading all their uh, articles, they would hate me, but shh, nobody needs to know. I'm giving them free publicity, right? Anyways, here we go for an awesome article. It is called Nine Chilly Bloody Mary Stories from People Foolish Enough to Play. Truth is, I used to play Bloody Mary so much with my friends. And, oh God, oh God. I know that there's so many reasons in my life. I have just, I come across fun. But the thing is, is with my book coming out, you will see the things that I have gotten into and the life that I have lived and why I think I've lived the life I lived and why things have happened in my life. And it's because as a child, I did dumb things. And I'm not kidding. When I was like ages four through 12, I sold my soul to the devil like 19 times. Okay, I really hope that there's like a certain age, like you had to like become, you know, knowing of this like 16 or 18 to actually be able to do things like that. If not, oh, it explains so much. But anyways, let's get into the first one. Number one, her mouth was wide open, but there was dead silence. I played Buddy, the Bloody Mary game twice. My friend and I had just watched Ghost Whisperer, and I wanted to freak her out. I scare her all the time. So first, I look into the mirror in my living room. I turned around three times while saying, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. At first, I was a little scared that she would show up. I looked deeper into the mirror and I checked all the corners to see if I could see the ghost. No ghost. So I went into the bathroom, lights off and door closed. My friend followed me and stood outside. She said, I don't think you should do this. What if it's real? I was scared out of my mind, but I wanted to be the brave one and I'd always wanted to test it. So I did the same old ritual. I stared into the mirror, nothing. I stared at all the corners. Then right as I was about to turn on the switch, I caught a glimpse of somebody. I looked closer. It was black and white, and her mouth was wide open. I expected to hear a scream, but it was dead silent. There was black all around her eyes. She was a clear image. I was frozen, so I just stood there looking. Then her arms lifted, and her hands were bright red. A few of her nails were gone, and some were just about to be peeled off. When the pans appeared to grab my shoulders, a chill ran down my spine and a rush of cold, hair, of cold air blew on my back. I screamed bloody murder, turned on the switch and ran out the door. My friend was standing there, her mouth open and I hugged her. I don't know why though. I was still crying, still so scared. I covered all the mirrors in my house. My mom didn't really care and I still don't use that bathroom. I will never try that again because now I believe. Number two, the woman with cuts on her face. When I was nine, me and my mom tried doing Bloody Mary at my house one weekend. There were five of us. We carried my mom's candles to the upstairs bathroom, and all five of us were chanting Bloody Mary. We saw the old woman with cuts on her face and chains around her neck and shoulders looking out of the mirror at us. Then the shower curtain went up in flames, and we all ran out of the bathroom. An older boy ran into the bathroom for us and luckily put the fire out. We all got in big trouble, and the parents thought that we caused the shower curtain to catch fire with the candles because we had the candles right on the curtain. 
I know for a fact that those candles didn't touch the curtain. I've always thought about it, and I know we saw Bloody Mary, but I've never been tempted to do it again. I was 25 this year, and it feels like yesterday. Sorry about that. That was written horribly. I couldn't keep up with that. <laughs> Number three, the mirror cracked. I was away at camp in the Pacific Northwest Islands of the Anacortes. There were six of us, and we were all giggling and running in the dark. The one way that the one way we could see anything from a small flashlight that the girls brought. We finally made it to the bathroom, though the girls were really starting to freak each other out. The bathroom wasn't much better than our cabin. This girl, Jessica, came up with the idea to play Bloody Mary. I was the first to agree, and the other four girls didn't want to get labeled as scaredy cats, so they nodded their heads, and they were in. Jessica turned off the lights and switched on the flashlight, so the only light coming in the bathroom was that from the lights of nearby cabins. I personally wasn't scared at all, so I went straight to the mirror and said, Bloody Mary. We all waited. Nothing. I was about to laugh the whole thing off for no reason, and then the mirror cracked right in front of our eyes. The girls screamed and ran out as fast as they could, but I was frozen. I was actually scared for the first time in my life. I felt like my legs were paralyzed, and I couldn't stop staring at the crack in the mirror, as if it was always there and I had just noticed it. I tried to slow my breathing down for a moment. For a flash second, I thought I saw something move in the mirror, as if somebody was standing right behind me. My legs unfroze and I ran. I ran in the dark, tripping and falling and scraping my knees, anything to get back to my cabin. By the next morning, we were all laughing and talking as if we had defeated a giant. But I still get freaked out whenever I think about that mirror cracking. Creepy. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Number four, a woman was looking out of the mirror. A few years ago, I was at my friend's house on Friday the 13th when we got talking about Bloody Mary. She had been reading on the internet about her and my friends decided that we were going to try it that night. There was me, my friends Gail and Missy, and we were going to be spending the night at Gail's house. I would have never took part in what we did that night if I knew what was going to happen to us. We got several candles and Gail had her own bathroom. We set up the candles in front of the mirror and got ready. We sat up all night scaring the hell out of each other and it was about five minutes till 3 a.m. We went into the bathroom and used a match to light the candles. There were three of us girls in the bathroom and we chanted Bloody Mary 13 times. As I said Bloody Mary on the 13th time, we saw smoke swirl around the mirror. We saw a scary as hell old woman staring out at us. All three of us screamed. I think Gail turned the light on. Bloody Mary vanished almost at once. 
Gail's mother came running into the bathroom to see what was going on. She made us go to bed, but we all stayed awake till daylight. We all three saw Bloody Mary in the mirror that night. I know she's very real. I can tell you that for one, I will never do Bloody Mary again. It scared the hell out of us, and there's no way that it could have been a trick. I've heard of very bad things happening to people who have seen her, but as luck would have it, me and my friends are okay. At least so far. Number five. She won't tell us what happened. My friend had a slumber party, and they dared her to do Bloody Mary. You know, go into the bathroom, turn the lights off, light a candle, and chant Bloody Mary 13 times, and she will appear. For about 15 minutes, nothing happened. Then we heard a scream, and she tried to get out of the bathroom. The door was stuck, but it didn't have a lock. When we got her out, she was crying and whimpering like a madman. We asked her what happened. She showed us her arms. There were scars that hadn't been there before, like tons of them, like 20. A few days later, they disappeared. She won't tell us what happened or what she saw when we asked her about it. She just looks at us in a hateful way. Number six, a bright red blob. My friends and I were in an experimental mood, so we decided to try the Bloody Mary version that we had heard of most often. We stopped at a gas station, then at an outdoor restroom, and asked if we could use it. We went into it, turned off the lights, splashed water on the mirror, and spun around and said Bloody Mary three times. Then my friend turned around and flushed the toilet. While we stared in the mirror from what we could see of a dark reflection, it started turning into a bright red blob. In amazement, I kept staring. My friends were screaming. We ran out of the door in fright. That's when we could see her face. It was all bloody like how I saw myself in the mirror. Then we cleaned her off. She had small finger-type scratches all over her face. Number seven. Show us a sign you're here. It all happened Friday 13th, 2007. My friends and I tried to summon the Bloody Mary spirit. We sat in a circle with our knees touching and said, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, may we please speak to you. Then we flipped a coin. Heads up, yes. Tails, no. We asked the question and it landed on heads. We started asking yes or no questions. And then we asked, please, show us the shine if you are here. She said no. We asked two more times, and then she said yes. We were playing a CD at the time, and it went all jumpy. CD had no marks. It was brand new. Then we started feeling dizzy and faint, and our vision went funny. Bef like, before you say, we're going to break the circle. We were getting scared at this point. We felt long fingernails brushing rough on our backs and faces. The taps turned on by themselves, and we couldn't get up because we couldn't break the circle. My mom and dad were out shopping, and we were the only people in the house. The blinds started to shake, and the windows weren't open. We got so scared that finally we did break the circle, turned off the tabs, shut the curtains, and hid. From that day onwards, I've always felt someone behind me. I have a feeling that I'm not alone. Number eight, don't open that portal. I am a 29-year-old woman named Amanda. I played Bloody Mary as a young girl, age 12. Nothing happened or so, I thought. I opened a portal and allowed demons of witchcraft into my soul. I underwent an, an exorcism. It failed. My life has been a living hell ever since. I became addicted to drugs so that I can deal with my own murderous mind. I suffered extreme mental problems now. The demons speak in tongues all the time. I have to be careful about getting mad because they take control. 
My husband is being haunted by my demons now. I've suffered from postpartum psychosis and had to be institutionalized for a month because I repeatedly had visions of slicing my baby's throat ear to ear. I've been in and out of mental institutions for the past year. I hate it so much. I didn't think I was capable of thoughts that I've been having. I scare myself more and more every day and think of what I'm becoming. Sometimes I feel like I'm truly disconnected from myself, a totally different person. Sometimes, am I capable of murder? Am I another person? Am I truly hellbound? Yes, I'm a former Satanist, but it all started with Bloody Mary. You think it's a harmless child's game, but be warned, it's so much more. Don't open that portal. Children, please be warned. This is not a game. And there is the article about bloody people's Bloody Mary stories, and that is the occultmuseum.com. This article will be up with anything else used on this podcast. If you go to theparanormalpodcast.com, underneath blog, that's where you will find all reference links. Absolutely loved that. Some of those stories were terribly written, so I screwed them up really bad. Um, some things that I want to talk about about this article. That last one sounds very scary. It's, it's one of those... This is a really deep subject. I, I kind of promised myself that I didn't want to go too deep into my beliefs, what I've learned over the years, but I just feel like that's going to be a really silly thing to want to do if I want to really be honest on this podcast and get out information that I think is, is real when it comes to the paranormal. But I don't want to come off as crazy or eccentric because I'm really, I'm really not. I'm here pretty much to share the things that I've learned you wouldn't believe the people that I have talked to. It's the life that I have lived. It's pretty awesome, pretty terrifying. But I have, I'm also so thankful for the people, like huge paranormal enthusiasts, some pretty famous names that I've been able to converse with about the paranormal. But the one that I would talk about last time, the last story here, the don't open that portal about the 29-year-old woman. There is a extremely delicate line between mental illness and paranormal activity and that comes to think about it people with schizophrenia they see things and they hear voices and a lot of them have like religious tendencies and and um obsessions and a lot of people say you know it can be caused by certain drugs and stuff and you can be born and or just have terrible events in your life that trigger schizophrenia or there's so many different things, like certain levels of psychosis. Personally, I have been through some pretty crazy things, but I can almost trace them back to the things that I've experienced, things that um, I've gotten myself involved with. And I know over the over the course of this podcast, I will talk about the cases, the people that I've met, um, and my personal experiences. But when it comes to schizophrenia... It sounds like she's been in, in institutions and stuff and that she's had issues of psychosis. That, I don't know where to start here. She's right when she says don't open that portal. And like I said in the last episode, it doesn't have to be a Ouija board. As soon as you open yourself up to bring in anything, say you just think there's a little harmless ghost in your house and you want to acknowledge it and talk to it and open up that level of communication you don't know what's there. Even me, who has had a lot of experiences, has been through hundreds and hundreds of houses. T like, it doesn't matter. I still don't know what's going to be there. For me, when I go into a room, 
it's like I see other people's memories or I see different levels of color. Like I will see a white mass or a black mass. And for me, that tells me if it's good, if it's bad, if it's residual, if it's, if it's those kind of things. But evil, evil things have a way of hiding themselves and they have a way of coming into your life as something to be trusted. They want to manipulate you to the point where you think that they're just, you know, some easy little spirit. And the best thing to do when you think you have a ghost, this is another thing where I'm going to hear from people, but this is from personal experience. If you have a ghost, good or bad, my personal opinion is to just not acknowledge. Just don't acknowledge them, whether you think they're good, whether you think they're evil. If it becomes a problem, don't even at home research it. Get a hold of a paranormal group. Research one that is very legit. If, it, if it's something really, really extreme, go higher than that. Contact. Here's another topic. I don't know how I feel about religion. I definitely... Oh, I don't know. I don't even want to open that can of words. But, you know, contact local churches. See what their opinions are. But honestly, if you do think that there's something in your house... Or if you're a kid and you're listening to this, don't get all excited to talk to a ghost. If you have a ghost and you'd like to tell me your story, it's something that I would absolutely love. And of course, call me toll free at one 260 But at the same time, you got to protect yourself because you're going to be around here for 80 years. We're all going to be around here, hopefully, for you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 years. And you don't want to spend any of those years being a haunted person. And that's something that I did as a child. I was obsessed with opening these portals to other places. And when I say portals, I just mean I was completely obsessed with the things that were going on in my house. And I just wanted to learn more and wanted to know more. And I feel like there's certain people who are born that can handle these kind of things. Me, a couple years ago, no, I don't think I could have handled these kind of things. And what I do, I have always kind of kept to myself. Um, certain people know of it because it involved them at some point or another or they've come to me for advice but it's something I don't even keep that open to my parents and with this book that I have coming out it's going to go into a lot of the cases I've done how people have found me and those kind of things but yeah I don't know where I'm going here but the the main message is if you really think that something is going on and if you haven't learned from the story of this girl who is literally like, oh, this has happened. I'm now crazy. It could be mental illness. It, it could be something else. Maybe it's just coincidence that she did this when she's younger. And it is a bit of that, you know, psychosis kicking in. But, you know, if you don't understand, don't do it. If you're going to do it, there's some pretty cool paranormal groups sometimes like... Um, Haunted Hamilton that have like seance things. Maybe don't do it yourself, but you can participate. I know that that's something that I was really obsessed with as a kid, but as I said, I played Bloody Mary. I played with Ouija boards. We did t like the um, pendulum, you name it. We were searching and searching for these scary, scary things. And I definitely think it has affected the rest of my life. I wonder that if my gifts wouldn't have arise if they weren't triggered so quickly when I was younger but anyways thank you very much for that article it will be at theparanormalpodcast.com do you have an article you would like us to read email it in at selena at thehauntedestate.com
This is a really fun article that I've been trying to find for a while. It is called 19 Parents Share the Creepiest Things Their Children Have Ever Said. Number one, Daddy is a monster. We should bury it. My three-year-old daughter stood next to her newborn brother, looked down at him for a while, and turned around and said, Daddy, it's a monster. We should bury it. Number two. My co-worker's four-year-old daughter always thought that the rattling of the water pipes in the kitchen cupboards were white wolves, and that the scound always scared her. One day she was sitting in the kitchen. She said, Mom, the white wolves aren't bad. They're our friends. Her mom encouraged the idea by saying, yes, the white wolves are protecting us. They're our friends. Then her daughter added, they're our friends, but not the man who crawls on the floor and stands by my bed. Number three. I was talking to my two-year-old. He said, goodbye, dad. I said, no, we say goodnight. He said, I know, but this time it's goodbye. I had to check on him a few times to make sure he was still there. He's not my kid, but my godson is extremely creepy. He likes to stand in his little sister's doorway while she naps and watches her sleep. I ask him why, and he says, it's the closest I can get to seeing her dead. He also likes to shove his fists in his mouth as far as it can go because he wants to know what suffocating is like, just in case. I'm pretty sure he'd be a, silly, a serial killer if it wasn't for Mario Kart. Serial I can't talk today. Number five. While changing my daughter in front of the open closet door, she kept looking around and laughing. I asked her what was so funny. She said, the man, to which I replied, what man? She then pointed at the closet and said, the man with the snake neck. I turned around and nothing was there. I was afraid to look into the history of the house to see if anybody hung themselves in that closet. At least she wasn't scared. Number six. Not to me, but to his grandmother. He was cuddling with her and being very sweet. He was about three at the time. He takes her face in his hands. He brings his face close to her and then says that she's very old and will die soon. He makes a point of looking at the clock. Number seven. I was sound asleep at this at around 6 a.m. I was woken by my four-year-old daughter's face inches from mine. She looked right into my eyes and whispered, I want to peel your skin off. The backstory here is that we had been sunburned the previous week and my skin was starting to peel. In my sleep-addled state, however, it was pretty terrifying for a few seconds. I didn't know if I was dreaming or what was going on. Number eight. My sons were about two and four when they got their pet goldfish. Then he died. I attempted to use the situation as an opportunity to discuss, to discuss death and morality. After I finished my explanation, my four-year-old looked up at me with his big blue eyes and asked, Mommy, someday you will die? My heart filled with love and sadness, knowing that this was one of those pivotal moments when the first bit of childhood innocence was lost. I told him, yes, someday Mommy will die. Good, he said, with a total deadpan expression, and walked out of the room. Later, when we were about to flush the fish, he asked if we could eat him instead. I said, no, we don't eat pets because we loved them. And then he said, when you die, I'm going to eat you. Number nine. When my son was little, maybe three, he used to do this weird crawl where he would slide his forehead along the floor. It was pretty creepy in itself. I'm sorry, this is funny. <laughs> I'm just imagining and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to kick so many kids in the face. <clears throat> then one night he crawled across the hallway into my room and stood up a few inches from my face and made a weird meow. He got onto the bed and went to sleep. Another time, he was freaking out about a monster in the basement, so he went down and saw nothing, of course. As I turned out the light and headed upstairs, he said, He's right behind us now. I might have peed a little. 
Possibly the creepiest thing he did one day was when I scolded him for misbehaving, so he hid underneath his blanket. I pretended I couldn't find him by saying, where's my little Carson? He slowly lowered the blanket, and with a devil evil stare, he said, Carson's gone, I'm Rick. He certainly is possessed. We never knew any Ricks, as far as I can remember, still don't, and figure, trying to figure out where he picked up this name. Number 10. Getting my two-and-a-half-year-old daughter out of the bath one night, my wife and I were briefing her on how important it was that she kept her privates clean. She, she casually replied, Oh, nobody scoofs me down there. They tried one night. They kicked the door, but I fought back. I died, and now I'm here. She said this like it was nothing. My wife and I were catatonic. Number 11. So I shouldn't throw him in the fire? Three-year-old daughter holding her baby brother in front of the fire. Number 12. My three-year-old nephew was at my cottage. He asked me numerous times about the girl over there while pointing at the back bedrooms. The place is small and there's definitely nobody there, so I just dismissed it as an act of imagination. Then some friends were visiting. They had a daughter around the same age. She had never met my nephew, and twice that day she asked me about the pretty girl while pointing at the exact same room. Definitely caught me out and I didn't know what to think. Then, at Christmas, my family was over at my place, and my nephew points to pictures of my wife and asks if she's coming to visit or if she just stays at the cottage. My wife died ten years ago. Personally, I don't believe in paranormal stuff, so I'm sure it's just my logical brain putting together a bunch of kids' ramblings, but it definitely got my attention. Number 13. Go back to sleep. There isn't anything under your bed. He's behind you now. Still haven't gotten over that. Number 14. While not something my own child said, my younger cousin, around five at the time, drew a picture of a black monster. He looked up at me and said he drew this because it was coming out from behind me. Number 15. I have a three-year-old who says some pretty strange stuff. Last night. Mummy, the man, the very big man with yellow eyes is looking at you. I look. Nothing. I tell him there's no man and that it's make-believe. My son laughs. Oh, he's hiding now. Two minutes later. Oh, no, Mommy, you made him very mad. Now he says he's going to come get you when you're sleeping. A few weeks ago, he says to me, I'm not going to be four, I'm going to die. And you will put me down, down the hole. I tell him that this isn't true, and who told him that? He gets quiet and goes, the man told me. But I will be scared. So after these three nights, you will die too and come with me. Sheesh, if I didn't have bad dreams already. Number 16. A friend of mine's child told him, Daddy, I love you so much that I want to cut your head off and carry it around so I can see your face whenever I want. Number 17. Why are you crying? Bad man. What bad man? There, points behind me at a dark corner in the room. Lamp on the bookshelf, he said next. Number 18. When I was a waitress, I watched a little girl, four-ish, stab her plastic fork into her sandwich repeatedly, saying, Die, 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 die. When I asked her what she was doing, her mom was in the bathroom for a minute, she replied with a straight face, I like to kill things, but my mom says I shouldn't. I picked ham because I can't scream. <laughs> okay. That's funny. I found that very, very funny. There's something wrong with me. Regardless, that comes to the conclusion of The Haunted Estate. We have been doing it, I made up a word, bi-daily. We're going to do it bi-daily. Huh? Think bi-weekly, but every other day. I'm sure there's a real word, but you know, 
There's Selena-isms, like Ricky-isms from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, my God. I love it. Anyways, have a great night, my spooky spookers. And don't forget, call me toll-free. Record your story. Don't be scared. Don't be a little puss-puss. Don't forget, yes, toll-free, 1-877-260-3428. Stop by thehauntedestate.com. Rate and review. Do it! Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.